Welcome to Legal Management Talk, official podcast of the Association of Legal Administrators. I'm your host, Christina Vragovich. Our guest today is a registered patent attorney with 20 years of patent litigation experience. Michael McCabe joins us today to discuss cybersecurity practices and ethical duties for IP law firms. Welcome, Michael. Hi, Christina. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for being here. Now, law firms have been called the soft underbelly of corporate security. Why is that? Well, law firms are really data warehouses. We keep troves of information that could have tremendous value if placed in the hands of the wrong person. Uh, Law firms typically handle and are responsible for maintaining personal identification information, corporate information, confidential financial information, strategic information, intellectual property information, and all of that type of information could have value to a third party. It could be used for identity identity theft purposes, for example. It could be used for theft of intellectual property. It could be used for for stock market manipulation or even corporate or governmental espionage. Historically, lawyers and law firms until recently have practiced in a world of tangible paper files. Security, as the common idea of that was known, was that files are maintained in a locked file drawer or they were stored in a locked office with a physical lock on it. And the firm itself is secured from the outside world by a lock on the access points, such as the doors and the windows. And perhaps if you were really a high-tech firm, you would have an alarm system. And that was generally the way law firms practiced for generations. Now our environment has completely changed, and literally overnight. The environment that we have we work in every day has changed from paper to electronic. So lawyers who practiced back in the days before electronic communications are now forced to communicate and work from a completely different type of platform. And for many lawyers, it's simply hard enough just to learn how to work in this new environment, or for what many of us are new. So I started back practicing law before they had internet. Um, and before we had email. So for many lawyers, just the question of how do I use all of this technology, it was the focus of their uh, attempt to learn about what they needed to know. How do I use email? How do I access the Internet? How do I get these documents that used to be in a file kept in a cabinet near my office, and now they're somewhere on something you call a network, and I'm supposed to go through this computer thing and find these documents, and I no longer have that tangible paper files in my hands. And lawyers and law firms themselves, their focus is on practicing law. They're not focused on on how the back end of the operations work. They're focused on getting the work itself done. And so... Here we have risks associated with cybersecurity that are invisible to the average lawyer, and they're invisible to people that don't have a real trained eye for it. So it's not like back in the old days when I can say, I can look and see that our office was physically breached because the lock was broken, 
or the window was is was smashed, and then someone physically broke into our office. Um, today, if there is a breach into our system, I'm not going to necessarily know that it's happened. And most lawyers would not have the aptitude to know when that really happened. Um, and we take for granted that things are just going to work for us. We don't really care how it works. I don't particularly care how my computer works. I just want to make sure that it works, and that the tools that I have are doing the, the what they're supposed to do. So for me, the technology that I use every day is, is no different than driving my car. I, I get in the car, I turn the key, it's supposed to start, and it's supposed to get me to where I need to go, and I take that all for granted. And if it doesn't work, I call AAA. <laughs> and, right. Uh, and that's it, and that's all I'm going to do about it. And and, and another component of this and, and, and why it matters, why, why law firms are considered a soft underbelly is that, well, the law firms are, are sort of getting a little bit late game in terms of understanding that we are data repositories for confidential information that could have tremendous value. And with the protection that goes along of that, there is a, uh, as a cost component. Law firms are obviously for-profit businesses, and getting law firm management to understand the cost uh, for securing a law firm from a cyber threat is a, it can be a bit of a uh, uh, of a learning exercise for the law firm itself. So I can understand as a, as a law firm manager, well, you know, what is the cost? to fix the lock on the door, to improve my alarm system, or to make the, the windows more secure. I have a general idea of what that's going to cost, and it's not going to break my budget. The costs associated with cybersecurity, on the, other, on the other hand, are much, much higher. And many law firm managers, I think, become surprised at what they see as the never-ending cost, because you have hardware, and then you have software, you have in-house specialists. You have outside vendors. The hardware is constantly evolving. The software is constantly evolving. And the cost is, is there. It's a constant cost. It's not a one-time fixed cost where I can just make sure I've got a sturdy lock on my door. I need to keep evolving with my data security system. And some firms are resistant to that. And so for, for that reason as well, um, Law firms could be considered a soft underbelly for making them more vulnerable to a cybersecurity attack. So what are the most common gaps you see in law firms' cybersecurity specifically? Well, we generally see two significant gaps that come up all of the time. Uh, the first is with email. Email is really the gateway that many hackers and other unauthorized users use to get access to a law firm's computer network. Now, we as lawyers have become trained to read every email. And in fact, these days, probably 95% or more of the communications we receive as lawyers don't come in the regular mail anymore. They don't come by fax machine anymore. They come by, fa by, they come by email. And so 
we're expected to read our emails. We're expected to look and and look at every email. And uh, we're also accustomed to there being links or attachments included with emails. But what we're not so accustomed to is the idea that links and attachments to uh, to to email that looks legitimate is actually um, a virus that's waiting to happen upon a, simply a matter of clicking on the wrong link or clicking on the wrong document and transmitting inadvertently a virus that can affect other users on the system. And th this is a, a, a very common gap in law firm security. It is, um, it's also one of the more difficult challenges we face because the uh, hackers, if you will, are getting much more uh, sophisticated in the way in which they're targeting law firms. So we don't see anymore the Nigerian prince scam letters that used to come back a few years ago. Now the 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 content of the emails and the appearance of the emails appear to be from legitimate sources and they appear to be directed specifically to the lawyer. And um there was a very recent case in which and there is right now a virus going around um, that is being sent by email to lawyers around the United States advising the lawyers that they are being investigated by their local bar. And it, by all appearances, the email itself looks legitimate. It even has a, a legitimate appearance, appearance of the return email address. And the email instructs slash warns the uh, recipient to open on the link to get the details about their investigation. This is a very sophisticated threat. And what happens when lawyers are to click on that link? Well, they've, they've just caused themselves a serious problem. And um, it could be that they're now going to be the subject of a ransomware or some other virus that's going to come in and, and infect their system. So emails are continuing to be a growing threat in the, um, in the law firm environment. The, the second area that we see as, as a common gap is the um, portability aspect of our business. So many of us, myself included, are, are quite accustomed to taking home work with us and to doing work remotely, either by laptop and uh, or iPad or a similar type of a uh, easy portable uh, medium, and we also utilize uh, external thumb drives and other data storage methods all the time. And it's the very portability aspect of this technology that makes them both so convenient and allows us to do our job remotely. But the flip side of that is that um, the, with the risk of portability comes the risk of loss. Um, they're easier to lose. They're easier to leave behind. You can leave them back on the train, on the Amtrak, on, the, on a bus, in a taxi, anywhere we go. Or uh, laptops are, are items that are easily stolen. And 
when that occurs, it's a, it's a serious problem because laptops and portable external storage devices contain troves of confidential client and non-client information. Um, we've lost control when that occurs. The other thing that happens, of course, is that we, we take our laptops home with us and then we copy documents and information onto our home computer. And many home computers are also networked and connected to the Internet. And uh, whether the home computer network is secure at all, or if it even has a minimum level of security, is, uh, can be an open issue. If, if law firms are not mindful of how their employees are utilizing the confidential data and utilizing the tools of the home computer network and not having adequate security in place, that too creates exposure for the firm and for their clients that there is a risk that uh, a savvy hacker will be able to access the troves of confidential client information. So let's talk about the ethical implications here and and what are maybe the, the first steps that a legal manager can take to address those ethical concerns? Sure. Well, there's really three ethics implications uh, that go with this new age of cybersecurity and cyber threat. And really all of the ethics implications come from the fundamental uh, underlying aspect that lawyers owe an ethical duty to protect confidential information. Uh, the duty of confidentiality that a lawyer owes is very broad. Everything about the lawyer-client relationship may be considered confidential information, including the fact that there is a lawyer-client relationship. And it's absolutely imperative that lawyers maintain the confidences and secrets of our clients. We need this information that clients provide to us in order for us to do our job to provide competent and diligent representation. And we want our clients to know that if they tell us their secrets, that their secrets are going to be safe with us. So protecting client confidences is of utmost importance. It is really one of the foundations upon which the attorney-client relationship is built. And thus, the failure to adequately secure and maintain the protection of a client's confidential information and secrets is one of the major ethics implications uh, of having a an insufficient or inadequate cybersecurity system in a law firm. In addition to client confidential information, there are often situation, situations where lawyers are in possession of and have a duty to protect other people's confidential information. So I'll give you an example. If you are an attorney involved in a litigation, and let's say it's a patent litigation, and you're representing one of the parties in the patent litigation, the other party in the litigation may be required to provide you with a lot of their that own company's confidential, highly secret, technical, financial, and legal information. And they're required to disclose this information to you under conditions that you as the recipient maintain and hold this information in secret. Well, 
once you undertake that obligation, you have a duty, an affirmative duty, to protect that information. And just like we can't leave the locks on our front door unlocked and walk away for the weekend and pretend everything is fine, um, so too we have we cannot leave our computer networks on which we store third parties' confidential information unsecured. If we fail in our obligation to to do that and secure other people's confidential information, then there are ethical duties that we have violated that we owe to that third party or to the court that's required us by a court order to maintain confidences and secrets. The third um, issue or third ethical issue that really arises from this topic is the duty of supervision. In particular, Managers and supervisors and law firms have, in addition to their own personal duty to abide by the rules of professional conduct, they also have a duty to supervise others in their law firm to ensure that they are also complying with their duties of confidentiality and secrecy. And so lawyers owe an ethical duty separate and apart from their own independent acts for the acts or negligence or even intentional misconduct of lawyers as well as non-lawyer employees such as paralegals and secretaries and so forth. If a non-lawyer or a lawyer assistant um, uh, violates the rules by inadvertently disclosing confidential information or not protecting confidential information, uh, of a client or a third party, then not only could that lawyer get in trouble for the violation, but the lawyer's supervisor could also get in trouble by virtue of the fact of their duty of supervision. So, so those are the three real foundational elements for the ethical duties that are implicated by the um, confidentiality rules and the cybersecurity threat. So what, what is a law firm manager to do uh, in light of the situation uh, to address the ethical concerns? Well, the very first thing is that, the, is that whoever is in charge of this particular problem has to get educated themselves about the cybersecurity threat. Um, as you might imagine, many of the people who are in charge of law firms have worked in a starting out in a generation where we did not have cybersecurity. Cybersecurity was not even a word. And so it's imperative that the managers of a law firm understand and appreciate the magnitude of the problems and the risks associated with breaches of cybersecurity. Now, lawyers don't like to do non-legal work for the most part. And Many lawyers are afraid of the back end of technology, and they don't want to have to deal with that. That's why we have IT people. That's why we outsource things to other people. But we can't outsource our duty to at least understand and get a grasp of the problem. We do not have to become computer experts. We don't have to go back to college and get a degree in software engineering. But we do, as managers, have an affirmative obligation to educate ourselves or to get educated about the nature of the risks and the threat, how the law firm is currently operating, how it's managing the threat, if it 
perhaps managing it at all? And what's the appropriate standard of care for managing cybersecurity? The law firm manager is also going to have an obligation to ensure that the attorneys and non-attorney staff are also trained and educated so that they are compliant with whatever rules are put in place to adequately secure and protect the um, confidential information that's in the law firm's possession. As I indicated before, managers and law firm partners have supervisory responsibility for the actions and inactions of others. And as part of their duty of supervision, they have to ensure that all of their people get trained in the ways of cybersecurity. Um, and finally, law firms really have to ensure that appropriate resources are allocated to address the firm's cybersecurity risks and threats. Um, realizing that this is not as simple as putting a new lock on the front door or putting an improved alarm system on the physical structure of the office. Here, the, the problem is an ongoing battle between the hackers and the hackies. So the firm implements cybersecurity measures, and the firm feels pretty good about itself, but, but hackers are smart. They figure out how to get around the version one of, of the security, and they reverse engineer it, and they come out with version two, a new virus that gets around whatever the safety net that was put in place before. So the firm has to constantly be re-upping the ante and fixing or updating its own security measures to uh, counterattack the version two of whatever virus or whatever cyber risk that has been imposed at the firm. And this cycle is now going to go back and forth as the process repeats itself. So firm managers and management have to understand that cybersecurity is not a fixed cost. It's not a one-time expense item, but it's an ongoing process. And they have to prepare to budget for it accordingly. It'll be an ongoing cost for a law firm, just like employee salaries and just like paying the rent. So those are the key things that a law firm manager has to do to ensure that their firm is at least ethically compliant and is mitigating the risks associated with the cybersecurity threats uh, imposed on law firms. Michael, it has been a pleasure having you. Thank you so much for your time, and thank you to our listeners and subscribers out there. Learn more from Michael McCabe at this year's Intellectual Property Conference for Legal Professionals that's taking place September 15th through 16th in Washington, D.C., Act fast to get the early bird rate that expires August 4th. And you can learn more about Michael's conference session and register to attend at alanet.org slash IP. That's alanet.org slash IP. Until next time. <laughs>